This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. What if I told you you could get a big snack almost anywhere for less than five bucks? Let's talk 7-Eleven's $3 big meal deal with seven rewards. Big meal deal is a big bite hot dog and a large big gulp drink, and you won't find a better snack deal anywhere else. Here's what I put on my hot dog. Mustard. And that's it. That's it. I love a hot dog with mustard. Maybe if the chili, if I'm feeling it, if I'm feeling crazy, maybe a little chili, maybe a little nacho cheese, but I'm a hot dog and mustard guy. But if that sounds like your kind of bite, visit 7-Eleven, valid through 1725. 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, applicable on large big gulp only, participating U.S. stores only. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Tuesday is the NBA draft lottery. It's going to change everything. Who gets Victor Wembenyama? That's the big question, Kyle. We talked last week on the Ringers NBA draft show, the teams with the most at stake, the most to gain, the most to lose on lottery night. Today, we're going to talk about this from Wemby's perspective. What's the best situations for Victor Wembenyama? What should him and his team be hoping for come lottery night? The Pistons have the best odds with the Houston Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs following, all a 14% chance of Victor Wembanyama. Of all the teams on the lottery, Tate, what do you think? Which team is the best fit for Wemby? I just think that, you know, when you're a big man, and obviously Wemby is going to be different than the traditional big. Some people think he's going to play the three spot, right? Or he's going to start at the three. Kind of like what Mobley did where he was a three, but he really is eventually probably going to be a... Allen and Mark. Right. He'll end up being a five eventually as you build the weight on him and get him in that position. But I think Detroit, you have Troy Weaver there, who Troy Weaver does a great job, I think, of kind of identifying talent. Um, and being able, I mean, obviously hasn't worked with the record, as you know, we, they have the best odds to, to get Wimby, but, uh, I was just saying Wimby's a tough call in terms of identifying talent. So <laughs> this will strain him a lot. I think, uh, I think he, we can identify he's going to be pretty good. I love the backcourt. I love Ivy and I love Cade. And I think that the way the Pistons worked in the first place when they became the bad boy Pistons was it started in the backcourt. It started with Isaiah Thomas and it started with Joe Dumars and they built from there. So if you have those two guys that are foundational pieces, they're seemingly good guys, right? They're, they're great pillars in the community. You bring a guy who's coming from France, who's probably going to have a little bit of a culture shock. I think both those guys will take him under their wing. They're not threatened by him. He's a totally different position. He's unique. He's culturally cool. Um, I think Detroit is ripe for kind of like a redemptive arc in the world of basketball they're a franchise that almost gets maligned when we talk about the history of the game so I just think if Wimby goes in it's kind of plug and play uh Detroit will embrace him and I I think slowly he becomes a a superstar in a big city in the U.S. overnight wouldn't it be awesome for Wimby to immediately have Cade Cunningham and Jade and (laughs) Ivy and and Killian Hayes just have to throw him in there (laughs) I forgot about that it's some good pick and roll partners for Wimby to get him the ball make things easier on him earlier in his career yeah I think so and I I think that yeah the, another thing too we were talking about earlier about like who really is you always have you always get into these conversations of who is a primary on a title level team because that's not what this is all about we don't <laughs> want to talk about the primary on a first round team we're trying to figure out titles here and I think if 
you're looking at you know as much as I love Cade, I don't think that Cade is like a primary off offensive option on like a title level team. So I think that he and Wimby would be a nice pairing because I do think Wimby's ceiling could get there. I know Kevin, you and I have kind of debated that a lot back and forth, but um, yeah, I think that he would naturally kind of fit with them. You know, give them a lob threat. You know, like Cade hasn't had a consistent lob threat, and this this would be the best one that he's ever had. And then he'd also be a great pick and pop threat. So I think I think he fits with them. It'd be a good fit. And it'd be a good fit. In this and team. he doesn't have to be the physical enforcer. Right, usually a big man is supposed yep. to be that guy, but you got beef stew. Beef well, you got Duran and Duran too, right? Like, there's options in that front court, man. I mean, like, I think for Wimby, it's perfect in both ways. It's perfect on offense with those creators you have. Cade's a good defensive player on the perimeter as well. Killian Hayes is a good defender. They have perimeter support, and then they have interior beef, literally mm. with beef stew. Yeah, I love beef stew. <laughs> and then Jalen Duran. I mean, he was an all rookie player he really was great to finish the season they would be fun dude like Detroit would be fun with Wemby and Duran catching lobs Wemby space in the floor how does he develop I mean Duran setting screens for Wemby I mean you think about how Jokic <laughs> moves around screens for Denver with like Bruce Brown screening for him Aaron Gordon you could have K doing that for Wemby I just think from an offensive point of view we don't know who they're going to hire as their head coach yet I mean, it, I don't know if it even matters. That's what's hire. scary about the Detroit situation. You don't want to get in a situation where so you, you think draft. it does matter. I think it does matter just for Wimby. If you're Wimby and you're thinking about where do I go, you don't want to go to Detroit and get put with, you know, I'll just throw his name. I mean, Kevin Ollie, right? I mean, I'm not sure that Kevin Ollie's going to be, you know, forward thinking enough to say. How come? Why is that? Because I just think he might be more traditional in a sense where he's like, okay, seven foot five guy, you're <laughs> you're the five, you know. Yeah, you're and then you, posts. you you put Wimby, in my opinion, in a, in a position to lose confidence, and I think confidence is one of the most important things you can have, especially as a number one pick. So if you put him at a five spot, he goes up against Joel Embiid, Brooke Lopez, you know, DeAndre Ayton, Rudy Gobert, whoever it is, and they dominate him with their force and their strength because they're bigger and they've built themselves in that way. You lose confidence early, and that could be scary. That that would be my concern. I think they need to hire. I, whenever you you have this process of like, I think you need to hire somebody that sort of like builds the guys up, like you were mm-hmm. talking about, and like gets the culture established. Maybe they move on. I always use the CEO metaphor of like, you know, you hire the guy who like gets the vibes going, the guy who founded the company, and then you get the guy that takes you public who like levels you up. And I, you know, it's kind of like the Lakers back in the '90s. They went from Dell Harris to Phil Jackson. You, right. you, you, you kind of you usually a lot of teams make that transition so I, I don't know who that guy would be in the short term is but, there a team that you have yeah. in mind Kyle that would be a, a best fit that might have that type of infra- infrastructure with coaching in personnel well that might be an uh, out of the other side of my mouth kind of thing here because I actually think in the basketball sense I think Indiana would be super super fun mm. for him um, mm. just because well you know and I guess the argument could be Wimby has been around professionals so he's not going to have shell shock from that he's he's played and he's played with Osvel Villabon which had a ton of like former college players and it's the team that Tony Parker owned or still owns um, Rick Carlisle would be interesting there you know because <laughs> but Wimby is a different kind of rookie you know Carlisle's history with rookies is is very up and down. But I do think that, like, the shooting that you have there, the passing that you have there, and then you have another rim-protecting five with Miles Turner who I think they could play together. I think they I can. I think they could. I think they would, would actually be great together. It would work yeah. better than Sabonis Turner did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I, because, like you said, like he plays like – he plays more of a face-up style, more of a it, – it's more of a Porzingis-y kind Dirk, of style. Right, I mean, so like with Carlisle, there's some connective tissue there where he's like, we got some sets that we ran for Dirk to get him easy looks. You're seven foot five. No one's blocking this. Let, let's get you some easy touches and some easy baskets. And I'm pretty sure Vic has worked with Holger some, too. Nice. Uh, Dirk's yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Am I 
remembering that? Uh, Maybe he I has, know. yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, he has. You know, there's so a lot there's of connectivity. A lot there. of connections there. Yeah. And plus, I mean, more than anything else, their their current star is Tyrese Halliburton. And that dude, he just makes guys around him better. And you pair him and Wemby and pick and roll together. I feel like personality wise, those guys would kind of vibe. You know, I could I, see Bathurst right? getting along well with oh, Wimby, that, too. Oh, I think no. those two would be like they would kind of how Middleton and Giannis when they were first like in the gym together and they kind of made each other better. I feel like Matherin would do that kind of thing for Wimby. Matherin's the 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 hard revving engine on that team. I think that like and there's space for him to be that, which is awesome. Which is why I'm glad he ended up on that team. Honestly, which is why fit is so important and why we talk about these kind of things. Like I mean, if Wimby goes somewhere where the fit doesn't make sense, like if Steve Clifford and the Charlotte Hornets are saying. Well, we're running everything through Lamelo, and you'll get your touches when you get your touches. That's not the best fit for a Wimbenyama. You're probably. a you're a Hornets fan, yes, and so and you even feel that the Hornets fit isn't great against your own self interest. Well, is pretty interesting. Maybe it's a reverse jinx, um, but <laughs> I will say we love the French in Charlotte, as, yeah. as you've seen. Nick Batum, we paid him a lot of money. Uh, Tony Parker got paid money coming out of the Spurs. So True. Boris Diaw with the Bobcats, right? So we love the French in North Carolina. It goes all the way back to Lafayette. You know what I mean? Before we were even a country, so we love the French down there. So I wish it would happen. But I don't know if Clifford's prepared for that. And I do, I, I still think that there is a world in which Michael Jordan would make sure that Wimby was not good um, to, pre- to preserve his own legacy. Because if, we if, if Wimby this, can't be the goat, nip in this early. Line. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and get ahead of this. He saw Kwame Brown. He's like, choke him in he's the like I'm going to take this guy's confidence pretty early. <laughs> Uh, you have me rooting against Charlotte all of a sudden. He's <laughs> like scary. I don't yeah, want to see, see that. Yeah. I don't want to see it. You know what? I, d- I would be very interested in seeing it, and I, I will call it my, my favorite fit for Wemby. Chicago. Best mm. situation. Talking about beyond basketball. I think Wemby, you throw him into Charlotte, you throw him in San Antonio, Houston. I personally feel like it doesn't matter. Wemby's going to succeed any, anywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. His teams are going to be competitive. It's only if he stays healthy. So I'm thinking best situation, big market, Bulls. They haven't had anything since Michael Jordan. <laughs> so he now you really there. want Michael Jordan oh, to say Derrick Rose yes, fans are dialing the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so if, if yeah. Chicago moved up from 11, which they have slim odds to move mm-hmm. up to number one in the draft. I mean, Orlando's going to get their pick if it doesn't move into the top four with a 1.8% chance. Pretty slim. But if they did move up to number one, big market Chicago, Comeback story for a franchise that's been middling for a long time now. They got some young talent. They got some veteran talent. DeMar DeRozan, maybe Patrick Williams keeps getting better. Zach Levine there. They have some pieces. I'd be very interested in seeing Wemby on a big, big market team like the Bulls. The perimeter defense there is interesting, and it's a similar phenomenon to what we were talking about with the Lakers and AD, and that like the, the Bulls were putting gum in holes on the ship towards the end of the season with their perimeter defense. It was so good. And you just think about they'd be able to take pressure off him and just let him roam and just block shots. I, th- I think that that would be... That'd be very interesting. Yeah, he's just a safety, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's probably the best way to use him. Well, I mean, but Wimby's versatile defensively. Like he can play all three levels. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, but uh, yeah, you put him with like I don't know if they'll bring Pat Bev back, but a Caruso and that 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 sort of personnel mix makes sense. And makes if you're sense. the NBA, right, you really have three options where you want a a franchise guarantee like him. You want L.A., you want Chicago, you want New York. 
So if we're just talking about like big picture kind of ideas, Chicago is a place where you put him there. We know that he can already be a pillar in this community. We know that we can market this team. We saw it work with the Bulls and Jordan. So we saw it work with Derrick Rose. <laughs> it all it all would make a lot of sense for the league to have him in Chicago, New York, or L.A. It That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Maybe Miami, too. Yeah, Lakers-Celtics finals, yes. and then the Bulls get the number one pick. The and picks I, is in. I start saying David Stern from the grave. <laughs> Force lightning. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. At Sephora, we know how you love to use makeup, skincare, hair care, and fragrances that work for you, but also how important it is to be in the know about the ingredients that are in them, which is why we created Clean at Sephora, curated products from brands like Merit, Amica, Summer Fridays, and Fleur that have everything you want, minus certain ingredients you might not. Clean at Sephora is only at Sephora. Shop now at Sephora.com. Vibes. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, there's only one team that's going to be able to land Victor Wembanyama. But there's pretty good consolation prizes in this draft. Scoot Henderson out of the G League. Brennan Miller from Alabama. Amen. Osar Thompson from the Overtime Elite. Players from different routes going to the NBA. Uh, of those names or maybe some other names that come to mind, Kyle, who, who do you think is the best consolation prize of all the other prospects in this year's draft that are going to be drafted high up in the lottery? Uh, I mean, this this has been a tough one. Uh, the, the number two spot has been a sort of, a, as you know, Kevin, a volatile conversation for me all year long. I still think you have to give the benefit of the doubt to Scoot because of how young he is, because he's a hard worker, because I think that he would mesh. He seems like a pretty receptive student of the game. Um, I would give him the edge slightly over Brandon Miller right now, but um, I'm sure, I'm sure Brandon Miller's still your guy too, right? Is he your, yeah, still your? But Brandon Miller's still my guy. Um, I just think six nine. Playmaking, shot making, shot creation, all like the defensive hustle plays he had throughout the year, chase down blocks, taking charges. I just view him as a do it all guy. And with Scoot, I mean, I like Scoot a lot. He's a great consolation prize. You know, all those guys are in their own respective ways. And so much of it has to do with team fit as well, with what your priorities are, with what you already have. Like if Indiana gets the number two pick, you're not trafting Scoot Henderson, but maybe you're taking Osar or Amen. But then again, you also have you know Matherin. You have other other wings, other guards. So I think Brandon Miller would be the best fit there. But Miller to me is just a, a 
do-it-all talent. He would be the number one pick in almost any other year. Um, I, I view him as the pretty clear number two at this point, and Scoot has his questions as a, as a perimeter shot maker as well, and he's smaller. He's, mm. he's a small guard. Those guys always get picked on. Yeah, I like the idea of Brandon Miller being a 6'9 shooting guard You know, for your team. I, I, I What I loved about Paul George early on in his career just felt like you had the length of the two guard, and it's such a mismatch, and I like the mismatch of Brandon Miller. One other guy that I would just in that group that I maybe look at, not if I have the number two pick, but if I'm three, four, five, I like the Thompson Twins, but I like Cam Whitmore. And I think when you see Cam Whitmore play basketball, he pops. And I, I'm not sure that's enough to say it's a consolation prize for Wimby. I don't think it's near that level. I wouldn't be shocked if he's more like a DeAndre Hunter type player in the NBA. But Cam Whitmore has something that stands out. And the first time I watched him play, I was like, oh, this guy, you know, he's coming off an injury at Villanova. But first thing he does is hit a step back three. Next thing he does is he get a steal and a deflection. And you're just like, he's active. His body checks all the all the boxes. And then the picture of him with his standing vertical. I mean, I, you, when you see something like that, it's a wow factor that maybe you buy into him earlier than most. I feel like there should have been like one of those like uh, classical, like tabernacle choirs, like mm-hmm. in the background when he was jumping. Because <laughs> yeah. I was just in such like spiritual awe. Yeah, seeing right. that. It was but, like an aura around him, you know? But yeah, I mean... Whitmore physically is just he's he's a Ferrari. A lot of it's mental, but like he has a body like OG. I mean, like mm. he has a big body like that. I don't think he's quite as tall, but I mean, like he uh, six seven. He's going to be versatile, and I think he's just going to be his rim pressure. Um, I'm I'm pretty confident about Cam Whitmore. I mean, the the interesting thing with a guy like him is you talk to some people around the league, they're like, oh yeah, fourth, fifth, sixth best player. There's others who are like eh, 10, 11, 12. So Cam Whitmore could end up being like a late lottery steal. And I think the, that's the weird thing with this year's draft class is kind of around 10, 11, 12 is where I, I kind of get less enthusiastic about it. There's a lot of good talent, but I'm talking in terms of like star power type of guys. Mm. And with Whitmore, he seems to be kind of on the, the edge of that, like right at the point where it cuts off in a lot of people's eyes. In the late lottery, though, Kyle, maybe that 8 to 15, 8 to 14 range. Are there are there any late lottery steals that you have in mind? There's always one. Every year. Oh yeah. There's one. So who do you have in your mind this year that could be the late lottery steal? Yeah, uh this is a weird year where and we've talked about this a lot on the draft show where like there are a lot of these one-year players who go to college and they have a weird and you don't really know how to judge it like Dariq Whitehead had a it was a highly rated player had a suit he's one of the hardest evals in the class. You look at Nick Smith, super weird year. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that like there's one guy that I do think is going to end up being a solid two-way player and I'm going to be on Brandon Cliche here and say I think Casey Wallace. I think Casey Wallace is going to be a good NBA player just because I I think he's going to be able to guard the ball. I think he's going to be able to make open shots. I think he's going to get to the rim. Uh, and he's shown some playmaking upside. I, I think that he gives you a lot of, like, he's not going to need the ball all the time, but he's going to give you a lot of those things while providing defensive value. I feel pretty comfortable about the floor for Kaysen Wallace as a player. And I, I would I would say that whether he went to Kentucky or wherever. 6'4", mm. freshman point guard. I mean, how many steals did he have at his highest game this season? Seven? I think he had eight. Mm-hmm. He had a game with eight. State. Eight, and that was eight. when he was healthy, too. Yes. He wasn't healthy. Another weird yes. year guy. I mean, yeah. he is such, such a fantastic defensive presence. So I think that gives you a, such a high floor as a talent. And if his offense pops, great. I mean, you get a potential star. If it doesn't, I mean, you could have like a Drew Holiday or better. 
um, if he if he becomes better on offense. But if not, I mean, you got you got to have a good player. I, I I think there's no doubt about it with Case and Wallace. And he's one of those guys where if he gets switched on a wing, it's not like you know you're yeah. you're, you're panic mode, right? I mean, he's a guy on the run, of yeah. course. And that's you a know. priority we see mm-hmm. in the postseason. KCP, right now. KCP. Look at him. He's a guy who was a scorer in college, and he's invaluable to the Nuggets with his defensive. Mm-hmm. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, another name that I have that I kind of want to circle. I mean, we saw him in the national championship game. I think he's more of a specialist than he is a superstar. But I think Jordan Hawkins is a guy that we look up and and we see him making a lot of three pointers and getting a lot of shots up. And we're saying, wow, he went 14th. He went 15th. What a pickup for this guy. And then star potential was Bryce Sensiball um, out of Ohio (laughs) State. I I think Bryce Sensiball has uh, a bag. You know what I mean? And I think Bryce Sensiball is a guy who can take a lot of the scoring uh, response responsibility for your team I don't know he might not get those options early on in his career but he has the potential to be a really good player and we look up and say oh my god he went 13 14 in the draft that's insane and he's 6'6 legit I saw him in person he's a big guy on the court he's he's got like you know a, a big body you know almost like a football body so um, I just think Sensiball could be a real star I'd love to see a guy like Sensiball land on a team where he is required to play defense mm-hmm. and to pass the ball, which he showed some flashes. There were certain moments he passed the ball this year, even though he's a. I'd scorer. love to see him in Memphis, yeah, like a team like Memphis. So if he falls to twenty five for Memphis, that's way down. But that'd be perfect fit in the lottery. Maybe Toronto at thirteen, Miami at eighteen, something Ooh, like that. Miami for, for Sensible, that'd be really I would nice. Say Toronto feels feels that, that'd be really nice. That feels the, on brand. The, 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 <laughs> the late lottery guy that I get really excited about is Taylor Hendricks. Playing for UCF this year. I thought you were going to say Grady Dick. I thought you had him higher, though. I do. I have him like number six or seven on my board, but he could end up going, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12, mm. or even after that. Good three point shooter, 40% from beyond the arc. He's got a good, great catch and shoot ability. He can attack closeouts. You can use him as a screener. In high school, he played center, essentially finishing around the basket. Defensively, that dude can switch. He can roam off of a non-shooter in help situations. He's smart. He's intense. He can move on ball. I just view him as the type of guy you can like. Can this like as you watch the playoffs? Can this guy play on the, this court in two, three years? Well, Taylor Hendricks, the answer is like yes. Check, 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 check. Up and down the board with his skills. Would you take Hendricks over Walker if you if say I, I say have, you're like at yeah. ninth, tenth pick and, and Walker's still on the board? I got Hendricks one spot above, and I think mm-hmm. Walker. Might be the higher upside guy. I'm pretty surprised but, at how high Walker is yeah. on most boards. I, I, I like his game. I, I yeah. you know he, he seems like he had a good PR run. There's narrative energy around guys throughout the year sometimes, and I picked up that Walker was one of them early. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like there's been a little regression, and there are probably these things just go like weather patterns. I feel like it's going to come back strong, and the Jarris Heibel will get mm-hmm. strong again. But yeah, Taylor Taylor can shoot the shoot the heck out of the ball. Uh, on Monday, my Ringer NBA draft guide is going to be updating with new rankings, new mock draft. There's three guys who are new profiles in the guide, big risers. Kobe Bufkin, sophomore wing guard out of Michigan. Uh, great go-to scoring presence, kind of a two-way guy. He's a gritty, tough defender. I have him moving into the lottery. Bobby Clintman out of Wake Forest testing the waters in the NBA right now. He will not be back in college <laughs> next season. Uh, he's going to go the pro route. Bobby Clintman is going to be very interesting with him. He's a big, big 6'10", three-point shooter, potentially versatile defensively. He's got a lot to work on, but I, I have him fringe lottery, middle first round. And then Bilal Koulibaly, French prospect, teammate of Victor Wembanyama for the Mets 92. He's been a massive riser this season on everybody's board. Kind of like an OG Ananobi type, uh, versatile wing. 
I have him mid-first, late-first right now. Those three guys, Kyle, who stands out the most to you? What do you think? I mean, am I too high on any of those guys? Am I too low on any of those guys? What are your thoughts? I like Kolobali. Uh, I enjoy hearing French people say Kolobali uh, a lot <laughs> yes. on, on broadcast. It's just an entertaining uh, sort of uh, symphony of, of, of sounds. Uh, no, I mean, I kind of compared him a little bit to, um, I think I told you, Amon Shumpert kind of came to mind as somebody who is, he's an easy mover, like for his size, and he has a lot of athletic pop. Um, the shot's coming along. I mean, I, I think it could be something that gets picked on if he goes to That's a team against yeah. Yeah, competitive teams early on. But if you have the luxury to sort of like give him confined parameters and bring him along slowly, I could see him coming in and just being one of those players that uh, you're watching an important game and he comes in and makes – you know, you're like, who the heck is that guy? Like I could see him being that type of player. Um, I, I like Kolobali of, of those three guys a lot. Mm. How about you, Tate? I think Kobe Bufkin, and I think the thing that impresses me about Bufkin, it kind of reminds me of Jordan Poole where it just felt like overnight, you know, it was like you watched him and he was a young doe, and, you know, it was just like it looked like he had a lot of traits that could be quality, but it just felt like he had to put it together, and then he put it together quickly. And Kobe Bufkin was probably the most reliable player. I mean, some people would say Jed Howard, but I, I trusted the ball in Kobe Bufkin's hands more than anyone on Michigan. I thought he was great in the pick and roll. I thought he showed some, you know, just innate, you know, basketball IQ. Um, and there's a lot of good shooting guards in this group, but Kobe Bufkin, I, I just like the trajectory, and I don't think he's done getting better. You know what I mean? I, I don't think he is a finished product, and that's exciting, too, if you're someone that wants to buy in. And, you know, I saw him mock to Sacramento. That that seems like a good fit, right? You go in there, you got Malik Monk, someone to look up to and learn from, and that could be a great fit for him. Yeah, I mean, his defense is, out, like, outstanding. I mean, I, I, uh, Yeah, I, I, and that was a big part of yeah. something they didn't have beforehand, right? Yes. He's committed to that end of the court, for which is sure. important. For sure. The at-room finishing, so acrobatic. Like, he's just such a fun player. I mean, yeah. all, all three of those guys, they're the type of upside swings who could be potential all-stars maybe down the line, but also, yeah, you feel like there's a floor. Mm-hmm. That you could, they can get something out of them as a role-player type. Um, so th- this year's draft is going to be very interesting. I- I'm excited, man. Draft lottery, baby. Always fun when those envelopes start getting pulled, right? Get some real stuff to yeah. talk about here. Yeah. We it's are the 14%. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited, guys. Uh, thank you for joining me today on Beyond the Art. Kyle, Tate Frazier, hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Enjoy L.A., Kyle. I know I will. <laughs> Thanks, KFC. Thanks, KFC.